Bike Chats with an expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. We just celebrated Christmas in Japan. This is our third one. And on Christmas Day, I actually found out that I had COVID. And so I spent the next few days in bed. <laughs> um, thankfully, it wasn't severe or anything. My husband was alone with the kids for a few days and they all had a great time together playing board games and doing puzzles and watching movies. It was really, really sweet. At least I think it was. Like I said, I was in bed. <laughs> but in the times that I was able to be out and just chill, it was so precious. I really think it's starting to change the way I think about Saturdays as a family. Um, Sabbathing is something that our family is really learning about all the time. And now that my kids are a little older, they're four and five, um, we can actually do restful things when they were like one or three or even three and four, honestly, maybe until like six months ago, they were just kind of tiny and needed a lot of time and attention. I mean, like they don't need time and attention now, obviously, but it's just a different, it's just a different feel. That was our Christmas and now we just finished up the New Year's holiday as well. Man, New York and Japan is a lot more like America's Christmas celebration, I think. Christmas in America is full of like family time, traveling back home, strong traditions, and depending on the family, uh, religious events, even if at least loosely so. In Japan, you got a lot of the same stuff. Family time, traveling back home, strong traditions, uh, pretty traditional meals that you'll share. The only thing different is that almost every single family goes to the shrine to pray or to get a New Year's blessing, regardless of what they would say their religious affiliation is. And so this can actually be really hard for my Japanese friends who are Christians. Um, they're totally expected to go to the shrine with the family to pray, to buy these blessings for the New Year. So actually, if you wouldn't mind praying for Christians in Japan, that would be really wonderful. I will say though that the quiet around New Year's is so wonderful. I have heard that a long time ago everything, like everything used to be closed from January 1st to January 3rd. Um, now of course I think with capitalism <laughs> um, many stores are open at least for part of that time during those three days but even still it is so quiet and it is so wonderful. Even passing people on the street on those three days just feels different. I can't really explain it, which isn't terribly helpful, of course, in a podcast context, but it's just something about that slow holiday joy that seems to permeate through everything. Um, the last two years, we lived across the street from one of the biggest shrines in Kobe. Kobe, for those of you who don't know, I did not know. It's Osaka's neighbor. It was really eye-opening to be living near this huge shrine. Day in and day out, but especially on New Year's. So many gongs and drums and people clapping and throwing money. And it it is a strange thing to be in a new country surrounded by a new culture and constantly having to decide if the pieces of the culture are things that I'm going to accept, adapt, or reject. Okay, so like, for example, eating rice two to three times a day, except Japanese rice is the best. All in. That sounds great. School system. We're just a few months from our daughter starting in the like proper Japanese elementary school. And I think the school system will be in the adapt category. 
Generally, elementary kids go to, uh, it's called cram school, after their regular school days so that they can prepare for these major exams in junior high. Think like standardized testing, but way more intense. The results on your test change uh, what types of schools you're able to get into, and it really changes your opportunities for education and, and life in a lot of really meaningful ways, these tests do. And so it just feels like more pressure than I want to put my kids under. But we do really love the Japanese school system. So I think we're just going to have to find some kind of adaptation that'll work for us. But then you got things like praying at the shrine and paying for good luck charms and asking the priests or monks to bless my children when they're three, five, and seven years old. These are just parts of the culture that we have to reject. Not going to lie, I've thought a lot and have much, much more to consider about being a white gal from America in Japan, asking people to also reject parts of their culture, because I think I know the one true God, that their gods that they've been praying to are deaf and useless at best. But when I remember that my faith is not in the American church, it's not in church leaders, it's not even in ancient church fathers or the apostles, it's not even in the miracles that are written about in the Bible, and so on and so on. When I remember that my faith is in a man who lived a perfectly sinless life, died a horrible death, and then and then rose from the dead, and this guy was brown, lived like 2,000 years ago in a very different culture than my passport country, and the historical facts around his life and death are jaw-dropping. I don't know. It just makes my white guilt feel a little unnecessary. And it makes my hope and confidence in this Jesus guy a lot stronger. So in a season of the new year where people are trying to figure out who they were last year, who they want to be this year, just think there has to be space to really look at the Bible and the God of the Bible and really consider, is the Bible true? Am I treating the Bible like it's true? Am I acting like there's a God who's over all and in all? Am I acting like there's uh, this God of all glory and all things from the way I make my breakfast in the morning to the way I raise my kids and everything in between, that all of that is for him? I mean, that's what the Bible says. And if you're saying you're a Christian, but you're saying that the Bible isn't true, or maybe that it's mostly true, but not 100% true, I think you really need to evaluate if you're a Christian. I mean, this is just one of the standard basic doctrines of the Christian faith, that the Bible is true. So if you don't believe it, it just puts you in a weird box, honestly. And those feel like really harsh words to say out loud. Those of you who know me personally are probably well aware of my deep desire to have no confrontation at all in my life. <laughs> um, so I do hope you hear those words with love and concern and hope and not judgment. I used to be in that boat. I used to say the Bible was mostly true or probably all the way true, maybe, and that God was good and I needed Jesus and I understood the the like math behind salvation, I guess. But daggum, you would not be able to tell anything different about my life than any other girl. I was just not following Jesus or his teachings. And understanding the gospel math of one sinner plus Jesus equals salvation, it, that doesn't make you a Christian. Loving God and enjoying Him and walking in life with Him and submitting to Him and all of these things simply 
being in a loving relationship with him, these are the things that make Christians. And Christians don't do them perfectly, so please don't be confused when you see that Christians are being idiots. (laughs) We are, okay? But Jesus wasn't. And I think that's where the beauty of Christianity is found. Anyway, what does any of this have to do with New Year's in Japan? I think everything. What parts of the culture that I'm from, what parts of the culture that I'm in, should I accept or adapt or reject as a Christian? Not as a white woman or a middle-class stay-at-home mom or a wife or a daughter, but as a Christian. And I honestly think that my reject list and the reject list of my American brothers and sisters and the reject list of my Japanese brothers and sisters and so on and so forth would probably be quite similar if we're using scripture as our basis. And honestly, this is a whole other trail, but I have really been amazed recently by how many things I've been learning as a missionary that are just the same things that any old Christian would need to be doing and considering in their day-to-day walk. Like, love God, love others. Those are the two greatest commandments. Do I do those? Do you do those? (laughs) And not out of this beat the drum, beat the drum, beat the drum, make sure I'm doing it every single day kind of thing, but do I just love God? And the way that's going to flesh itself out is different for every single person on the entire face of the earth. For my husband, it's going to look like waking up early and reading a book. For me, it looks like getting to be creative and maybe doing art or even this podcast or these kinds of things. But however it does come out, these are the two commands every single person love God and love others. And they are given to us by the only God of all the gods that genuinely, truly, fully, and sacrificially loves every single person on the entire face of the earth. And there is such beauty in that. And I hope and I pray that you and I can both see that more this year. Thank you for listening to Bike Chats with an Expat. My name's Lacey. I live in Japan with my husband and two kids. In our early days of living in Japan, I would spend my short morning commute on my bicycle calling friends and loved ones back in the States. I loved that time and now I want to share that with you. Except maybe not on my bicycle because that would make for a pretty windy podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye!